Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Making It Happen podcast. I'm so, so excited to introduce the amazing guest. She is an entrepreneur, a videographer, a photographer based out of Vancouver, BC, my home and native land. Sorry, that's super cheesy, but I just love it. Nicole, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. How's it going over there? Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciated you reaching out. Um, it's good. It's good. It's the weather's clearing up now, so it's uh, not as snowy. I know you were mentioning that's cold where you are. <laughs> it's a bit warmer here. But yeah, no, it was. It's like twenty three minus twenty three outside with the wind chill, and uh, I had to scrape off the ice off my girlfriend's car before oh, she man. went to work. And yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So Nicole, I'd love to learn and maybe you can share a little bit about who you are and what's your story. You know, I know we're going to be diving into a lot of like tips and stuff, but I want to give the audience a good understanding on your background and kind of how we got connected. So give us a quick little introduction of who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Vancouver and I moved to Toronto for university. Um, just graduated this past April amongst yeah. the <laughs> um, so I started my videography career in the second year of university. Um, I did it before as a hobby and for fun, but it was really the second year where I decided to, you know, make the proper investment into proper camera equipment and take it to the next level and really focus it on as something I wanted to make um, as a career path for myself, especially living in Toronto, I'm sure probably heard like Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal, they're, they're such creative communities. So when I moved out there, I met a lot of people in the industry, uh, which really opened my eyes to the opportunities that were out there. Um, and it just made sense for me to, you know, transfer what I did in my spare time and what I love doing as a hobby and as a passion into what I now do as my job. Mm. So how long have you been actually doing like video work photography? Um, I mean, loosely, I would say since probably 20... 14, 2015, 2016. But again, that was just, you know, with GoPros on family trips, filming stuff for fun, <laughs> definitely wasn't anything, um, you know, of any importance, right? It was just what I did for fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I said, when I moved out to Toronto, I met a lot of photographers and videographers there. And it just made perfect sense for me to, um, you know, continue pursuing it and make something of it. Um, mm -hmm. And it was honestly the best choice that I made because uh you know when you fill your weeks with so many hours of work you want it to be something that you love and something you're passionate oh. about um so I'm very Preach. grateful I made that choice and I'm very grateful that I met the people that I did in Toronto who helped guide me um to where I am today awesome now Nicole did you actually go to university to study like photography videography or did you study something else and then wound up uh, ending up like starting a business like walk me through a little yeah. bit of the schooling like what do you actually go to school for for sure so my program was a little bit unique so just to back uh pedal a little bit before university I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do I didn't know that I want to be a videographer the one thing I did know is that I want to be an entrepreneur I wanted to start something a business of some sort um originally I thought it was going to be something within the tech industry so I applied to Ryerson University specifically because of their reputation um, with how, uh, you know, good they are with entrepreneurship. They have different things called incubators and stuff that um, are some of the top rated ones in North America and in the world. So I knew that Ryerson was a school I want to go to for that reason. Um, and then the program that I applied for is called Creative Industries. So it is related mm. to what I'm doing now, um, but essentially what it is, is a business program on creative sectors. 
So you get a list of different creative industries like fashion, video, music, interior design, and then you choose what you want to focus on. So my focus, my concentration was media business. So I did mm. learn a lot about the industries, things like pitching, um, the legal side of the industry, the financial side, that sort of thing. But they didn't actually teach me how to film or edit. None of the technical side, none of the creative side either, um, other than the business side. Yeah, exactly. The business side, um, which I'm very thankful I chose because again, film school is great for sure. Um, and it's really great for networking opportunities and all that. But I'm, I mean, I'm sure, you know, as well with YouTube and everything, you can learn so much of it online. So it was oh, a perfect yeah. combination for me to combine like the business skills that they were teaching me with what I was learning online. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah just to go on your point, like I, I'm two years uh, learning videography, photography, and I'm 100% self-taught from YouTube, the YouTube yeah. university, right? Yeah. And similar to you, I got a diploma in uh, sales and marketing before I stumbled across uh, creativity. And as I was sharing before with you, Nicole, like I stumbled into this career by accident. Like I just had an opportunity present itself and I just worked at it for months and months and months and landed a job that was able to help me accelerate my skill set. Right. So I didn't have to learn the business. I could really like focus on the craft and have a steady income. Right. Which is very unique. I like that you already knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You actually went out to university specifically in the creative niche and that's, that's really interesting, like for me to understand, because I didn't even know that existed, to be honest, like yeah. most of the so, programs that I saw were never like that. It was like cut and dry yeah. kind of stuff. No, exactly. For sure. That's kind of the position I was in was I didn't know that program existed, obviously, until I came across <laughs> it. And before that, I was very torn between what I wanted to do, because in, I know different schools are different, but in a lot of business programs, they require you to have like calculus. Um, as a mm -hmm. prerequisite, right? Or pre-calculus. And I didn't do that um, in high school. So I was like, okay, well, if I go to university, I want to do business because I want to be an entrepreneur. But a lot of the schools had that as a prerequisite. So my mindset was if I don't get into Ryerson, which was, you know, the school I went to that was known for entrepreneurship, then I wasn't going to go to university at all. Like I, I had mm. no backup plan and I, I never really have a backup plan just because you know, backup plans are good in certain scenarios, but I'm, I'm kind of bad with coming up with backup plans because I get very intense tunnel vision when I want one thing. I just want one thing. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I got in. But yeah, my, my goal with university, because it was so entrepreneurship focused, wasn't mm -hmm. to go in and just focus on getting good grades and stuff like that. Like definitely, if you don't know you want to be an entrepreneur, I would definitely recommend, yes, focus on grades because then it leaves opportunities for your master's and you know, other industries as well. But because I knew that entrepreneurship was the goal. And then in second year, I knew that videography specifically and having my own media business was the goal. The main purpose for my university experience was just to build those connections, build those relationships and essentially make opportunities from that. Mm -hmm. You know, Nicole, you're very ahead of your time because most people uh, that I've met and interviewed on this podcast, you know, they don't discover what they want to do until they're, 30s or 40s and it, it, it's so rare to see that and I like to see that drive like it's it's good that you didn't have a backup plan because you needed to make your plan a work you don't want to plan b plan c plan d you wanted plan a and you made it happen pun intended um that's why I have you on the show <laughs> how did you figure out you want to be an entrepreneur because this is something that I'm very passionate about is helping people actually look deep inside and and mm -hmm. be honest with themselves like what do you really want to do so 
can you share maybe some of the thought process? Like, how did you know, like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to go to the school to become one. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of advice around there? I think for me, it was a, it was a combination of a few different things. Um, I liked that it gave, uh, what's it called? There's no limits to really what you can do when you're on mm. an entrepreneur, um, you know, in terms of the creative side, the innovative side, salary cap, all those different things. Yeah. Um, the other thing I knew about myself was that I tend to get bored very easily. So I like wearing multiple hats. So if I didn't become an entrepreneur right away, I would have wanted to work for another startup because I do like that fast pace um, culture. And I like being able to have multiple roles within a company um, in this case, my own company. But what I love so much about it is that like, I'm not just a videographer. I'm not just a photographer. You know, I'm also the editor producer, um, you know, dealing with many hats, legal side, <laughs> all of it. And that kind of also ties into why I left my university program so much was because it was also those other sides of the business. And then when I wasn't, you know, studying for my courses, then I was able to do the creative and technical side of editing and coming up with concepts for different brands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Like, and, and my story is very similar in the sense that the school I went to, which is BCIT, I'm not sure if you heard of it, but yeah, it was the most intense program I've ever, you're juggling, mm -hmm. I juggled 10 courses in one semester and yeah, I was BCIT like, is a lot. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, but it does. It teaches you really the importance of time management and how much work you can get done in such a short amount of time. And it's amazing. The more time I had, the more time I filled it with things to do, but the less time I had, the more I got done. Right. Yeah. You talk a lot about that, right? You, you, you putting yourself in, in challenging situations, which you like mm -hmm. because you're progressing, you're growing. Right. Yeah. And I really like what you said that you, you were self-aware enough to understand what your interests were. And that's a big thing I've seen, you know, I've now had, I think about 32, 34 guests on this show. You're probably yeah. the yeah 35th one, I think. And they all took that first step, like the self-awareness step, the check with themselves. What do I want to do and how do I get there? Right. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to part two of that. You, now you discover what you want to do. You went to school Yes. Walk us through you starting your actual business. You graduated. Congrats again. Thank you. How did you start your business? Like where, where did you start? Walk so us through I, that. I started before I graduated. That was like another thing I knew Ooh. a goal of mine. Was I wanted my business or whatever started before the graduation <laughs> happened. Um, you so, couldn't wait, eh? You just couldn't no, wait. Yeah, I wanted both. I wanted both. <laughs> That's another thing about me is I, I get very impatient when I want something. So I <laughs> Um, but that also was taught me a lot that I was doing it at the same time as being a full-time student. It, like you just said, with time management and kind of what I was saying before with, you have to know what your priorities are. So of course I did show up to my lectures and grades were important for me, but when it came to grades, my mindset was good is good enough. Just get the assignment done. Mm -hmm. You don't perfect it. Just you're that's not why you're here. You're not here to get good grades, even though like my grades were good. It's not like I was, you know, a failing student or anything like that. I was getting yeah, yeah. But when it came to the percentage of where I was allocating my time, I would always at the start of the semester, look at the syllabus, look at the due dates, get the assignments out of the way as quickly as possible so that I could focus on, you know, making proposals to get more brands um, and different video jobs and, uh, you know, when I'm sitting in lecture, then multitasking between listening and then also again creating those different proposal decks and just trying to send as many 
multiple emails out as possible because when I was first starting out, that's that's how I would you know create opportunities for myself is to get brand, like get myself in front of brands. And how I did that was through email and through my website and by creating mm-hmm. different pitch packages for them. Um, so that was really good for teaching me time management. And another reason why I was really good is because everyone within my program and a lot of the people I met within my school, I made a point of making sure that they knew what I did. And that got me also a lot of opportunities because within my program, there were a lot of creative people not doing exactly what I did, but still working for different marketing departments at different companies. So when their hiring manager or their boss would ask them to find, you know, somebody who could create a video for their company, I would come to mind for them, which was great, obviously for me, because again, it kind of comes down to who, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that was the main reason I went to university was to meet people within the similar industry. um, Mm. And that sort of thing. So. You're very smart. You know that Nicole, like you (laughs) time management, you looked at the syllabus and you actually got out of the way, all the miscellaneous projects that we have to do in school. And I I love that. And you focus on what you're truly passionate about. And, and that's a great first step, right? Actually looking at what do you need to get done and, Mm -hmm. and looking at semester as like, okay, I have 90 days to get this done and here's everything I want to do. And you did it. Right. And then on top of that, doing proposals and school, it's hard to manage uh, a full time job as your business starting it and school on top of that. So kudos to you. Um, How did you land your first client? Like, was this before school, during school? It was um, during school. So beginning of 2018. And that's I guess that was kind of my first real client. Um, But basically, this was my process when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I borrowed my friend's camera uh, before I got my own. And I just spent an afternoon walking around to like different coffee shops and like ice cream shops and just different small businesses around Toronto. And I would just go in and be like, can I quickly film for you? Like just a quick video for, it'll take 10 minutes. I'll just get a few shots. Um, You know, some obviously said no. And then some were like, yeah, sure, why not? So like there was this nitrogen ice cream place I went to and got some cool footage there and like a coffee shop and a few other places. And then I went back home and edited it and just put them up on a website. They're all pretty bad videos looking back but there was something that were you know on a website that I was able to um show to brands to get real jobs because when it comes to getting work within the video industry like that's that's the number one thing you need is they'll always want to see okay what does your work look like right yeah you have to build your portfolio yeah for sure so I used uh those videos to pitch other brands and then once a brand um got back to me and decided to hire me that's when I was like okay I'm going to buy, you know, I had, I had a camera at the time, but it just wasn't, you know, up to the standard that I wanted it to be. So that's when right. I invested in my own equipment. And especially when I made that first investment, cause you know, camera equipment's not cheap by any means. Um, Jeez, that also yeah. pushed me to like continue emailing brands and stuff and continue just pitching them as much as possible. So um, yeah, that was in February. It was with a music producer in Toronto, which gave me like consistent weekly work in Toronto Um, And then another goal of mine uh, was travel content as well, because I was a university student and I wanted to be able to travel. Um, Mm -hmm. So during my reading breaks and my summer breaks, uh, like kind of leading up to it, I would pitch different brands and stuff as well um, to pitch them on travel content. And that worked out really well in the beginning because travel content is, especially back then, what a lot of brands were looking for, especially with Instagram and all Mm -hmm. that. Um, So that helped a lot. And then, yeah, once brands started reposting the videos I would create for them onto their page other brands would see it so then it became kind of like 
50-50 of me doing outreach and then other brands reaching back to me and also some of the mm. brands that I would create those initial relationships with. Um, they become repeat clients, clients that I still work with today. So it was just kind of like a snowball effect. The beginning, as you know, is always the hardest. You have to yeah. just be used to rejection. You have to, you have to be okay with sending 50 emails and not getting a yes and then sending another 50 and then getting half a yes and almost yes and then sending another 50 and then getting a yes you know you just you, you just have to be okay with that and I think that's mm -hmm. what, it, what it comes down to is like you have to love it enough and you have to you have you can't take rejection personal because there's so yeah. many factors it might not just it might not be because they don't like your work that could be it but it could also be because they don't have the budget or they just did a marketing campaign it could be so many different reasons so yeah. you just have to keep going until you get what you want Man, Nicole, you're a hustler. I like this. This is awesome. It's so true though. Like <laughs> I interview so many people and they give all the different tactics, uh, tricks on how to do outreach or mm -hmm. how to start your business. And <laughs> your story is, is just like, I just, you just tried and tried and tried and don't let failure be the reason that killed your business. Right. right. Like failure. There was a quote I just heard the other day. I'm going to butcher it, but, um, Failure is the tuition you pay for success. Yeah, that's and a good one. it sounds like, and it's not my quote, so I'm uh, just to put the put it on the record, not my quote, but I love the quote. Yeah, failure is the tuition you pay for success, and everything you just said, right? Mm -hmm. Emailing fifty businesses, getting all no's, emailing another fifty, getting half mm -hmm. yeses, and then another fifty. Well, you're too much money, or no, no, thank yeah. you, and you just keep going. Right. And yeah. I've looked at your portfolio. It looks like you've been doing it for years, right? Like awesome work. And there's like one video with the helicopter. I was like, damn, like, <laughs> I want to do that. I haven't done that yet. You know, Thank and you. It, it's so true. What you just said It's it's actually understanding that being an entrepreneur is tough. Mm -hmm. It's not, if, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, but it's yeah. tough. There's a reason why nine out of 10 businesses fail. Yeah. And I've had a, a business in the past fail. I, I, when I was in school too, I tried to run a business and I learned a lot, but it failed. And I had to yeah. close the business. But man, now when I go into my creative business, I know what not to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Everything, everything is just a learning. Uh, like every stepping stone is another opportunity to learn. And the way I see it as well, as cliche as it sounds, is like there's only one way to fail and then so many ways to succeed, you know? So it's, it's, it's really a no brainer just to keep going because mm. you want it. And then if you change your mind and you want to do something else, that's fine too. Like you just said, I tried to start other businesses that didn't work out, not because they couldn't work out if I kept going with them and like, you know, pivoted them and reshaped them. Yeah. They could have worked out. They didn't work out because I decided to quit them, but that's okay too, because that means that my passion for, for that specific business wasn't there. And that's what exactly. you need in order to be sustainable. Right. So, yeah. um, it's, it's what's tricky as well in the very beginning is I think a lot of people are willing to work really hard in order to get what they want, but sometimes they don't know what the steps are in order to work hard. You know, it's easier when you're kind of in the middle of it. Cause now you have all this work that allows you to work hard. And I remember mm. starting, and I felt like I was just going around in circles. Like I was working hard, but it didn't feel productive work. I was going around in circles until you kind of hit that breakthrough that allows you to actually make progress. Right. Um, mm. but what I would recommend for that is like always knowing what's the end goal and then breaking it down step by step, like very baby steps until you're at your very beginning stage. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's kind of the answer of like, okay, what do you need to like work hard at? You know? So your end goal was 
entrepreneur, like video media entrepreneur, right? And then yeah. you worked backwards and said, okay, to get to that, I need clients. I need a portfolio. I need, is that exactly. the steps you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. So I'm definitely not at my end goal right now by any means. I mean, I guess if you break it down, there's like, if we break it down to being a profitable videographer, you know, you can go from there. But um, yeah, exactly. You have to like, look at your, your 10 year plan, your five year plan, and then just kind of like the basics of it. So I think it's easy to overwhelm yourself with thinking, yeah. okay, if you, if you say, I want to get paid to travel and shoot videos for brands, it's kind of like, how do you get all the way there without first starting? So for me, the very first step without having my own camera was borrowing a friend's camera and then just spending an afternoon going around Toronto, just filming videos for ice cream stores and, and coffee shops. Right. And even mm. if you don't have a friend with a camera, like iPhones are really good. Just start small, start simple. You know, just start. That's all you have to do is just start. And then what's the next step after that is then build your website. What's the next step after that? Create a proposal to proposal deck, create a media kit. What's the next step after that? Search for companies online that you can pitch to and then send 50 emails, see what works, see what didn't pivot your proposal deck. You know, all those baby steps is eventually going to get you what you mm. want. Preach everything you said. I love it. Love it. Love it. Let's talk about some fears now, because you're giving some really good advice for people who want to start a creative, any business, not even a creative business, just any business or go after a dream, right? It could be anything that they want. If it's starting a YouTube channel, a podcast, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you have any self doubts or fears starting this business? And if so, how do you overcome them? Because that's a big problem and challenge that I find as creatives and as everybody, right, with social media, we're always so fearful to post that insecure yeah. photo or I'm not sure what people are going to think. Did you fear, um, feel any self-doubt at all? Um, truthfully, I started at a pretty good time just because, you know, at the time I, I was 20. So I had no one to look after other than myself. So because the biggest fear, I think, when starting any business is the financial um, mm. investment because you're not going to be profitable right away you know for the first yeah. year every, yeah. every project that I was making money on I was reinvesting um, into the business so that I could get you know more lenses and more camera equipment and all that sort of thing um, so for me I, I didn't have too many fears just because I, you know I, I only had myself to look after so the stakes weren't big you know I, I, don't, I don't have a family to like support right now yeah. um, but of course yeah like you were saying there's always the fears of like posting and comparison and all of that but you, I think the main thing is just to like weigh what the risk versus the reward is. You always just have to keep it in perspective. It's like at the end of the day, it, you know, if, if the, if the fear is like insecurity about like what some people might think about you, if, if let's say you're quitting a nine to five job and starting your own thing. What I always like to keep in mind is like, people don't care as much about your life as you think they do. Like everyone's yeah. the main in their own life. Like people just don't care about you. Like it's fine. Just do your it's thing. true. So true. So and true. People don't give anything. a fuck. Yeah, it's about like, you. they don't care about like what you wear, who you want to be in a relationship. They just don't care about your life. They're just thinking about themselves mm. for the most part. So that fear just like, whenever I feel insecure about something, I'm like, people don't care. Like they're not paying attention to that. Um, but yeah, it, in terms of my personal situation, I didn't really have many fears because I was like, this is the perfect time for me to start. Um, and again, I, I did those baby steps, right? So I, mm. it's not like I bought all my camera equipment at once. I got a project, then the next project, I use that to reinvest. So yeah. it's just- it's, you know, we were talking about time management. 
and it also goes back to money management. You just have to be smart about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. don't because it can be overwhelming, off. right? Like yeah. it, in the example you're sharing, if, if you're listening or watching this and you're a photographer, you know that the equipment is the biggest expense, right? Yeah. Uh, thousands of dollars. So quick, um, you know, equipment is progressing right now. It's very easy to get caught up in like, and I'm guilty of this too. It's like something new comes out and you're like, oh, I need that, but you don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way, but it's, it's, someone said this on another podcast. And I'm going to say on this one, cause I really like it. And that's all I do. I just take, take nice little nuggets and throwing in my podcast. No one judges a chef uh, from their cooking by their oven, right? No one's going to be like, Oh, what oh, oven did you okay. use to cook that? right? But in the videography, photography, creative space, oh, what equipment did you use to yeah. make that video? And you yeah. see it everywhere on YouTube. If you look it up, like um, a, 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 the cheapest DSLR camera versus like the red, the, the Hollywood level camera, and then it's like a pro using the cheap camera and amateur or beginner using, yeah. and nine out of 10 times the pro wins with it, it's 100% the talent. And I know this is getting to like an equipment conversation, but I had to chime because it's so true. You can get no, so caught up so in true. that stuff. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's equipment. If, if you're wanting to open up a store, mm-hmm. same thing. I mean, the rent is so expensive or getting the inventory. Like it can be very, very yeah. challenging to see. And what you did is you crawled before you ran, mm-hmm. right? Instead yeah. of buying $15,000 worth of equipment, which it could be very easily yeah, done. Sure. Uh, you, you use your friend's camera. I love that. Yeah. Then <laughs> with the money you got from that gig, you bought it and that's the way you should do it. And I like the risk over reward that yeah. if you are, you know, single, meaning that you don't have a family to take care of, you have, you can be more risk. You, you can take more risks, right? Yeah. And that's a big reason why I moved out here to Montreal, because at the time I had, you know, just myself to worry about. Right. So when I moved out here, it wasn't a big deal that I was, you know, not employed for a few months um, because I I was I was okay. Like the worst case, I just moved back. Right. And the same thing with you. Right. With investing in your business. So I I love that. And self-doubt is very tough to go over. But like you said, fat boy 22, who cares what he says on social media about your video? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't give two shits about what they and think. Also, I think it's like, you're always going to be your own harshest critic. Like there's been times where videos that I've absolutely like, hated. I'm like, Oh, I just did. You know, when you have a vision and then it doesn't execute properly and you're like, it's so bad. So like those videos I've never posted, but even when I show them to like my friends and stuff, they'll think it's good but you know you don't think it's like most of the time it's like other people won't be as hard yeah like there will be some people but most of the time they won't be as hard on you as you are on yourself anyways but you know it's just part of the process of getting better it's like it you can't be the best right from the start you just have to like practice every day and also like you don't have to post everything you create either you just just create for yourself and then the stuff that you Mm -hmm. post post them I I would still say like don't be too caught up on being a perfectionist though, because you never know like the video that will get you another opportunity. You know, you never know who might come across it and who might like it. So if it's it's that fine line of, you know, make sure what you put out is good because you don't want to get branded as somebody who isn't good. And then people won't really give you a second chance because people's attention spans in general are just like so short to begin with. 
mm-hmm. but you also don't want to be too picky and hard on yourself where you're going to lose opportunities by um, overanalyzing everything. Yeah. You're so right. Done is better than perfect. And yeah. it's, it's, I remind myself every single video because it's never going to be and this goes back to what we said about time management. If you gave me a week to make an epic video, I would use that entire week. But if you gave me one day to make an epic yeah. video, I'm going to do as much as I can. And a lot of the times, like they're just as good, if not better, those videos, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's more of a simplistic idea and easier mm-hmm. to get across. And yes, it might have less special effects or, transitions but the story and the 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 intent behind it is more moving at least in my experience right um so you're 100 right right you gotta make sure that you don't focus so much on what other people think and Mm -hmm. and really just give yourself room to breathe and don't be perfect like it's not it's just not going to be perfect my first 100 videos sucked right so yeah. what one person might like, another person might not. What one brand will want from you, another one won't. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not calculated, so. Mm-hmm. So Nicole, do you have any like resources or let's say, like how did you learn all this? Like you're, you're very wise, like honestly, like um, <laughs> from, from the minute you, you started school and talking about your business and all these stuff, like, you know, a lot of stuff. Is there any kind of one resource or a couple of resources that you learn this? Like, where did um, you capture all this knowledge? There's a few, obviously, other than school. Um, the most obvious one is YouTube. Like you got to binge watch YouTube way more than you binge watch Netflix, because like, there's not really <laughs> one YouTuber that I would watch or recommend. It's more so what I would say is come up with a video that you want to create. And then as you're creating it, you're going to you know, stumble across different roadblocks and things that you just don't know how to do yet because that's normal. You're just starting. And then when that happens, just YouTube the answers and just continue to YouTube everything. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely like how you learn the technical side. In terms of inspiration, I love uh, a website called Behance. It's part of Adobe. And it's basically just like different creators with different portfolios and stuff. Um, I just like it more than finding inspiration on Instagram nowadays and YouTube. Um, cause I think you see the same stuff a lot on Instagram and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it still definitely serves a purpose, but lately I've really liked Behance and also Pinterest. <laughs> I'm just like one of the basic girls who loves Pinterest, but it's good, you know? <laughs> um, and then also in terms of books, this is more so for people, well, videographers who want to not be freelance and want a business or also just entrepreneurs in general. Um, Pixar has a really good book called Create creative creativity inc wow that was a hard word for me to say for some reason (laughs) it's okay it's all right it's still morning over there right so it's all good Uh, it's afternoon but you know (laughs) um so creative inc is that what it's called creativity inc creativity inc i love how you made me say that word again (laughs) you're welcome but that's really good for like if you want to learn about management and leadership skills I love reading books about that because the goal one day is to have a team and like have employees and um, grow you know grow my business into something much bigger so that was a really great book I also love reading books about innovation and technology so I I tell this book to literally everybody it's called the future is faster than you think and it is by far the best book I've ever written it's not specifically about video um, or entrepreneurship, but it's more about what's coming up within this next decade. And I think that's really important for entrepreneurs just to be aware of and know, especially in like our industry with marketing and video, 
technology changes everything, right? So right now mm. we're building videos and marketing content for screens, mostly mobile screens and, you know, laptops, phones, and social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok. But that's going to change pretty soon. Like when Apple releases their AR glasses, screens are eventually going to move to augmented reality and screens are going to be all around us. And it's just about knowing what's coming and what's, what are the upcoming trends so that you can just plan and forecast and, you know, be ready for that. Um, mm. Because that's in the long term what's going to keep you going and what's going to keep you ahead of other com- competitors or just keep you alive in general because of how fast things have moved and how much quicker they are going to move. So that book is just so eye-opening. It's it, it's just so amazing. Like each chapter is a different industry that it focuses on, and it's it's very interesting. Um, that's other cool. than that, though, what other resources? I think those would be the main ones. Like different online publications. Adweek. Um, it, like if you're a videographer more so focused on the commercial space which which I am like there's a website mm-hmm. called Adweek and they post cool ads I would say like watch commercials I know a lot of people skip through them but watch them because you know you never know what they'll inspire and then yeah. um, also I love reading Forbes again for the same reason that I love the other book the technology book just because like reading through Forbes 30 under 30 is super inspiring for me you can just see what other people are doing with their businesses what they're focusing on um, they're obviously posted on Forbes for a reason. So there's obviously something to learn from them. And mm. I usually will add them on LinkedIn. Just, you know, just research, research, research all the time. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, I like that you you mentioned uh, resources on every medium. <laughs> you mentioned like video, uh, reading, uh, well, you, uh, audio, but like you just have to find oh, it, right? <laughs> I saw you post today about Clubhouse. Um, I actually haven't really looked at Clubhouse too much, but um, I, I want. Yo, to. you got to get into it. That's yeah. a it's a whole different podcast. Is Clubhouse? Yeah. That's the next I think podcast I'm gonna do or video. I don't know, but honestly, Nicole, it's like you just talked about how uh, like networking and learning. It like I've been I'm on this app every single day mm-hmm. on Clubhouse. And just quick side note, it is I've met some crazy people that I would never have met because they have such a huge following on Instagram or YouTube mm-hmm. that my DM would never be seen. And I'm in the same room with them and they're looking at my work and critiquing it and giving me feedback. Right. And okay. it's been so, so helpful. Um, and these guys are like big in the industry, like um, not just in Canada, like all over the world. Um, someone famous from Australia, I forget his name, um, like all of the U S of course. And it's only for iOS right now, but it's, is it like killer, killer platform, but yeah. that's a side note. <laughs> uh, as we're coming to wrap up this awesome episode, Nicole, um, do you have any advice for like, if someone was in your shoes, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, X amount of years ago. So when you first started launching your business, I think three or four years ago, you said, right. Yeah. What she advice. Yeah. Perfect. What advice would you give that person who, who is in that, that stage, who's wanting to make a change, wanting to, to create something, whether it be video, business, YouTube, podcast, doesn't matter. What would be your advice to them um, as a kind of a conclusion, last question for this episode? I mean, like as simple and as cliche as it sounds, it's really just about starting. Like you just have to start. I think the problem is that so many people run into is like so many people are full of good ideas. And it's the execution that gets lost, like, and they just don't know how to start. And that's when it comes back to what I said before about just breaking it down step by step, 
some of the steps that you'll complete will feel like you're going around in a circle, which in the beginning you probably will go around in circles a few times, a few times, but it doesn't mean that's not productive because you're still learning what's not working, right? So it's really just like starting and because entrepreneurship isn't linear and because you don't have like a boss, right? There's nobody going to push you or tell you to succeed. You, you really have to create your own schedule and your own timeline. So like, I'm really big onto lists like every day to do lists, you know, and you just have to like, Oh my be, God, be so many lists for me. My girlfriend yeah. hates it. Yeah. Oh. So you just have to treat it like it's, it's a real job because it is going to be a real job. The only difference is there's nobody going to be holding your hand or pushing you through it. So you need to either find those mentors who are going to help you um, or just find your resources online and just make sure that you're the type of person. If you are wanting to go into entrepreneurship, you have to know yourself well enough to know that you can hold yourself accountable and that you can choose that over you know, going out on a Friday night or a Saturday night, like if, if your weekends are just filled with fun, you're not going to get ahead as quick, right? It, it, of course, there has to be that work-life balance, but in the beginning, the emphasis has to be on work in order to get the ball moving, is what I think. I'm going to quote you, because you said this, you said, trade the Netflix for YouTube. Yeah, uh, but not, YouTube. but, but like, you know, good uh, educational videos, yeah. of course, yeah. um, not like TikTok reruns on uh, yeah, YouTube yeah. that, my stepdaughter gets me into, and then I'm like, I can't believe an hour went by. Jeez. Right, right. The right YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've given so much value. You've given me so many good tips and just reassured like what I'm doing is the right path. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you can let the audience know how they can get a hold of you, how can they follow you, keep track of what you're doing and, and learn more about the awesome content you're producing? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thank you as well for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. Um, and they can find me on Instagram, Nicole Fonseca. Uh, I know my last name is kind of long, but it's spelled F-O-N-S-E-C-A. Maybe you'll write it out for them. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I'll, I'll, you'll see it on the screen or in the description if you're listening so they can connect with you. And I'll also uh, put in your website because honestly, it's like awesome. Thank you. It's goals. My website is just www.fonseca-media.com. Um, but yeah, in terms of social media, Nicole Fonseca on all platforms, basically. Perfect. Nicole, thank you again for coming on the show. I can't wait for you to come back. You can give us some progress about oh, yeah. your business. Yeah, maybe. And then uh, we can connect sometime, hopefully in Vancouver. So thank yeah. you so much. And that is it. We are signing out. See you guys.